Yep, it's the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Here we go. Yes, we're all together. We're all together, together. and together we can live. Do you know? You know that song? Things and things. Do you know that song? No. Oh, you just kind of you kind of went for it. Have you? You never heard that? This is the longest we've ever been apart. I missed you guys. Three weeks. Three weeks. Welcome back to you. Sir, I've been here the whole time, by the way. Just so you guys know, I've been here holding it down. No, you leave. No, no, no. Been here doing it, doing the damn thing, because that's the kind of love I have for the listener out there. And if you're the listener, welcome to the show. This is, in fact, the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. You found yourself to webisode number 38, recorded April 14th. In the year of 2021, and the lava lamp is in fact burning brightly, as always, as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world. May they find their way home, and we have found our way back into the studio together. And I gotta be, I have been here. The listenership knows I've been here. Y'all haven't been here. Ryan, I don't know, had all sorts of weeks he wasn't here. You had two weeks out. So it's it's rad to be back. And the All Together song is a rad song. It's from Pippi Longstocking. I don't know if you guys ever watched mm. those movies, the Pippi Longstocking Wait, movies. I've seen every single well, one. I am Pippi Longstocking, hot to the hat and a hot, uh, uh, and that hip and a hip and a hat and a sha na na. Yeah. Now Pippi Longstocking. You know, you know what her, you know her full name. I know she's Swedish. Pippis. She is Swedish. She was created by a Swedish author named Astrid Lindgren in the year 1945. First published as a children's book. Her first name is Pippolata Victuola Rulgardin. Let me start over. It's That's a very gnarly stunk. name. Pippolata Victualia Rulgardina Crusmianta Ephraim's daughter Langstrom. You know, right away, that is a horrible woman to fall in love with. I mean, if you would ever get a tattoo, that would cost like fifty thousand right. dollars to get that. Forget all on taking your her name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's probably not gonna hyphenate. Right. There's none none of that is hyphenated. There's no hyphenation. No. Well, are, there, are there commas? And right. it's like you know, a it's paternal a paternal name because it's so and so's daughter. Right, Ephraim's daughter. Yeah. Like it's so it's like the multiple. I remember the episode names. where her dad is introduced because there's yeah. this whole. If, if, for those of you who don't know, Pippi is this like youthful chick. She's like in what? How, how old are we gonna say she is? I don't know. She's like thirteen. Yeah. Right, and she lives alone on in an this island, on an, like, in, or or wherever she lives with a horse. Uh, I remember her. She lives in this like house in like the village. Yeah. But she has a horse that lives in named Mister Nelson, or is that no. old man? That's the monkey. The Mr. monkey's Nels- Mr. Yeah. Nelson. Mr. Uh, old man was the old horse. Old man's the horse. Yeah. The monkey's Mr. Nelson. And they lived in a house, and she was super strong, was yeah. the thing about Pippi. She was essentially like capable of whatever she wanted to do. Yeah. Right? And uh, very cool. Pippi Longstocking. Really How the a- hell do you guys know when, so much about remember, Pippi Longstocking? She built her own plane right, so that she could fly old man... Mr. And she Nelson. flapped her arms as the wings. That oh, yeah. was the mod- modus like, of propulsion. A, had like a little lever thing yeah. to like flap. But it was pippy powered. Yeah, and it, and so she could go see her dad in the South Pacific. Right, because he was a he was like a pirate or yeah. something. Yeah, Joss. Uh, Ryan hasn't spoke this much in the last twenty five episodes. No, he knows a lot about Pippolata uh, Longstrom. Pippolata comes around. Yeah. Right? He I knows had, about him. I had a Norwegian nanny growing up. We, See? Uh, we had the, uh, it was a story from the time. Right. That makes a, a lot I of mean, sense. I mean, we'll go It's a big deal. In 2005, UNESCO, mm. you know who UNESCO mm-hmm. is? They, world Heritage Site. Right, world, they designate the World Heritage Sites, and they're people that like, are like, the, the pyramids are important. Yeah. That Those people, UNESCO, in 2005, named Pippi the fifth most translated children's book of all time. Wow. So I, I wonder if the I mean 
I loved him as a child. Like, do they hold up as an right. adult? It's been a long time since I've seen yeah. a Pippi show or, or yeah. movie. They redid it like in the nineties. Uh, they with a, they did an American cast, an American version of the movie. It wasn't as good. Yeah, I wanted to see the their lips move and have a weird voiceover. Yeah, that was part of it. That it was, was part of the good. whole thing. It was it was like a it was like a kung fu movie for kids. It was like a Swedish a child. Ginger broad. Um, but and then the other thing, she'd be just out on a boat, and like four guys would come up at another boat to like rob her, and she would pick the entire boat up out of the water and throw them. Well, that was what was so great. Whenever like there was all these like super bulky bad dudes that were after her, yeah. and she just like had, was have nothing to do with them, w- without like any problem, like was zero yeah. percent distressed over it. Yeah, and not only that, she was like having fun thwarting them. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. It was like the original Home Alone. Yeah, it's true. So you there know, you go. The, I didn't realize. I, I I looked at Wikipedia when you two were talking. And I was clearly out of the conversation on purpose. It was very annoying. But Pippi <laughs> Longstocking came on board in 1945. I said that. So see, that's how I was doing research, and you actually gave the year. I already did that. The TV but show in 1969? Yeah, right. The TV show came along in 1969. Banned in France because she was she depicted a bad, maladjusted child. <laughs> and they didn't think that should be on television. Yeah. The child shouldn't live by herself right. with her monkey and they, horse. They were like, if, unless you can... Right. Uh, they, more, they, they said, unless you can make it more ladylike yeah. of a depiction, we don't want to have this bad, maladjusted child depicted on French chel- well, television. Well, there was also so. like uh, a social worker that kept trying to visit her and like right, take, right. oh, you're going to go stay at the orphanage because you have no parents. Right. But you no, clearly are incapable. I have parents. They're pirates in the South right. Pacific. I'm rich. Yeah. Right, that was another thing. She had like a buried treasure under the house of just like yeah. unendless. It was probably the first time I'd ever heard the word doubloon. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, just oh, you need some gold coins. Right. Oh, she okay, had a I bunch of like Spanish gold doubloons under the house. It was that in the Goonies movies really made you aware of a, what a doubloon was. A doubloon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a doubloon. <laughs> oh, that. A doubloon, the Spanish meaning of doubloon is double. A doubloon was a 32 real gold coin weighing 6.867 grams in 1537. And uh, they were minted in Spain and they were like, you know, a big part of Spanish trade and the the Spanish were basically ruling the seas at the time. And so there was these ships that were going down with a whole, like their hold was full of chests of doubloons. And Pippi's dad was robbing them. Yeah, Pippi's dad. And living in the South Pacific right. under no law and then shipping her. Shipping stuff. him a little home for Pippi. I mean, her home life wasn't great. She seemed to really enjoy it. She did. She made the most, she made lemons out of lemonade. Yeah. Wait, no, she made lemonade out of lemons. You don't right? make yeah. lemon. Wait. You, you don't make, make lemons out of lemonade. You don't if make you can, lemons out of lemonade. If you can do that, though. Now, right. that. That might get you paid. I don't know. <laughs> really? What would you rather have, lemons or lemonade? I'd rather have lemonade. the aid. You want aid. Who wants the lemons? No, no. You need aid. Right? Give me the aid. There's a lot of stuff I can I do I mean, I that. need help. <laughs> I need the aid. I don't need just lemons. <laughs> Talking about aid, Joss, <laughs> let me assist you uh, in the beverage yeah, department. department. I need Tonight it. we're drinking something pretty special. This was a gift to the show from a former guest. This is from my nephew. I keep referring to him as my nephew, and I don't know if that's weird. He married my niece. So he's my brother's sister. Is this all weird? No, I mean, that's fine. I think that nephew is fine. But you know, it's... It's probably not correct, is, but he's my 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 close, my step close step enough son. No, no, he is my brother's daughter's husband. Yeah, let's put it that way. So he's my brother's you, daughter's husband. You know what takes a lot fewer words? Nephew, nephew. Right. I like to in some kind of like Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Kind of like everybody's my nephew. Yeah. You know. Right. So I'll let you go. I'll slide you with, go with the that. Snoop Dogg. You'll give me that. I'll give me that. So tonight we're drinking Legent Bourbon as a gift from Sean O'Brien, All my right. nephew. Yeah. 
former musical guest, uh, actually on the show last week. I don't know why well, you guys mm-hmm. weren't. He, he uh, contributed a version of John Barleycorn Must Die, wow. which is uh, got a lot of interesting history, and I have since found out even more. But um, so. Pass it down. Legion bourbon. Around. Get a cork pull. Pour. Legion bourbon. What is Legion bourbon? It is a collaboration between two pretty interesting people. It is a collaboration between Fred No and Shinji Fuki. Uh, I'm going to say this wrong, you guys. Shinji Fukuyo. Probably right. Shinji Fukuyo. Who are these people? Fred No. Fred Booker No. Okay. Mm. Is it N O or K N O? Do you guys have any guess? Do you guys know who Booker No is? What what brand he's affiliated with? Ryan? I'm gonna go with Booker's. Booker's, right? <laughs> which is a which is a branch of Maker's Mark. Jim Beam. Oh, okay. Fred Booker No the Third is the son of the late Frederick Booker No Jr. Great grandson of Jim Beam. Okay, mm. huh. so Booker's again to reiterate. Booker, if you ever hear there, um, some, there's a nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, those that's it's all their Jim Beam products. They're proper Kentucky bourbon, mm-hmm. and they come from a long line of of distilling traditions. So, the, uh, this Legion is a collaboration between Fred Booker No the Third and Shinji uh, Fukuyo. Shinji Fukuyo is the master blender for Suntory. Mm. He is their first master blender. He's a big deal. Yeah. So basically, um, this is the best that Booker No can come up with in his iteration of bourbon. And he produced a slew of it. And then Shinji came along and did his blending thing. And the, the extra special thing is that they have finished this bourbon in sherry mm. casks. So they've done the necessary four years in brand new American oak barrels. And then they finished it for a, a period of time in sherry barrels. And then it was blended by, uh, by Shinji. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have here. This is legit. Very easy drinking. Yeah. I really like the color. Uh, am I allowed to say that I've already tasted it? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're all yeah, drinking it. Yeah, it's fantastic. So sherry barrels, what are we getting out of the sherry barrels, really? I mean, I think this has more of a, a golden brown, and by that I mean a it's a darker brown with a, a kind of a gold tinge. It definitely contributes to the color. That, yeah. I that think it's, barrel it's a, that's pre-used because it's already going to have some of that. Yeah. So it's going gonna, it's gonna, to... Contribute to the color. The color's easily more easily accessible. The sherry to me it tastes like a little orange peel and cherry. You know, it's a little bit of a sherry is like related to like an old fashioned in a way, right? Sherry I, is is a grape based spirit. Yeah. So you're gonna get all those, you know, the grape notes, mm-hmm. um, the uh, the like tannins, tannins, cinnamon a little bit. Right. Well, that cinnamon's gonna come from the yolk. I think what you're getting from the sherry is what, what think about the characteristics of sherry. What is what what does sherry taste like? Um I get kind of a little bit of a bitterness and like a short flavor. Dryness? Yeah, right? It's very for sure. Dry. It's very dry, right? I would think that and the, I think the sherry cask are contributing to that. It tightens up real quick, but it, it's not burny. Right, it's got a quick finish yeah. too. That's yeah. part of the dryness. Um and I would I would um postulate that there is a certain amount of extra umami mm. to it maybe a rounder maybe salt some saltier notes um uh you know a lot of times in single malts you'll hear um kelp and mm. some of those terms kind of tossed around um and i'm getting some of those notes out of out of this uh and i'm imagining that that's coming from the sherry casks but the nose is all bourbon. I mean, it's a yeah. very nice. Like a, it's Booker's. You know, it smells Frankly, like it's a kind of a unique taste for me. What is the really proof good. on this, Joss? Off the bottle. Let's see here. Ninety-four proof. So above, above, you know, the yeah. Mendoza line. It's right. pretty strong, but not. We've had stronger. What's the Mendoza line? 
Is that something you just coined? Hmm. I don't think that's a thing, by the way. The Mendoza line is a baseball reference. Okay, what does that mean? You you don't know what that means. I don't. I, do I seem... If you, if you bat over or less than 200 is the Mendoza line. Okay. So not really appropriately applied here, but like it's it's a thing. It's a... You know what? It's a high-proof bourbon. It's, it's a high-proof high bourbon. bourbon. It's, it's hotter than, you know, again, the, our reference point has been Jack Daniels, which is at 86. Right. So, yeah, this is a... I don't have a whole lot of... Let me see if I can pull up on the website here real quick. I didn't have a bunch of tasting notes. I thought this basically the story itself um, was cool. It it does... It tastes like what you think it should taste like. It doesn't... It, there's nothing surprising. There's nothing... Like I don't find it uh, except for the the short like finish. Uh, it it doesn't it doesn't have anything like uh, that I would call out as different. It's just a very very good drinking bourbon, yeah. right? Yeah, it's nice flavor, nice smell. And here's the thing: is you know, um, on the show here, we're big proponents of high proof bourbon. Um, mo- a lot of times, barrel proof single batch terms like that in in that case in uh, predominantly with bourbon there's not a ton of blending that takes place uh you'll find blending a lot in scotch um in single malts uh um and and there's different kind of ways that you have to uh call it out uh if if it's a scotch if it's a blended scotch versus a uh, an unblended Whatever, but bourbon isn't traditionally blended a lot. Suntory um, and a lot of what uh, Shinji does is he's dealing with with single malt, you know, Jap- the Japanese version of Scotch a lot, mm-hmm. and so th- there is a lot of blending there because there's a lot of nuance. Um, and so, what's interesting about this? This one is that Fred No is doing his thing. He's making really, really good bourbon, yeah. and then they're bringing this guy in that's got this impeccable nose and this impeccable palate, and he's doing something to their product that isn't necessarily traditionally done or really needs to be done even. Yeah, right. But I'm sure the product that Booker's giving him is, is great. Already, and then he's and just so, refining it. Right, a he's bit. refining it and saying, "Hey, let's really accentuate these notes." And he's applying that that um, expertise to this, which is cool, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily something that's always done, um, but it is done. I mean, blending is definitely done, um, and uh, so um, you know, and, and Jim Beam's got a two hundred year old name. They've been doing this. So they're confident in their product and they're giving their best iteration of that product to a guy who's a master yeah. at accentuating all the best parts of it. So you got to think this is a pretty yeah. darn good one, right? It's got at, at 96 proof, right? Is that what we said? Yeah. 96 proof, it doesn't have a, a lot of that, like you said, no. lingering no. burn. No. Fred No, seventh generation master distiller. It's pretty rad. Seven generations is deep. Yeah. Well, they say in like companies, the amount of companies that succeed a second generation. So like the founder brings the company, becomes a success, does all this, then passes it off to another generation. You have about a 20% chance of success on that. Wow. Um, and then to go to a third generation is you're down to like 4%. Like to, the fact that, you know, if your dad started something and you took it on and it still was successful, that's 20% yeah, Most chance. kids would fuck it up. Yeah. And then you're going to give it to one of your kids. The odds of them continuing the success, like 3%. It's And then to go seven generations. Like, it's very cool. It's yeah. very cool. I mean- you know, and just because your father is successful doesn't mean that you're going to have oh, any yeah. kind of motivation to go yeah. into that industry. I and mean, that's the thing. Yeah. Is there they if your father was successful, you're you're generally you're like, oh, I don't have to do that kind of stuff. Right. So you'll you don't. But um, 
But yeah, they go seven generations. Very cool. Yeah. They carry the family name and the legacy and all of that. Also happening, another name I like to bring up is Nearest Green. Mm. Um, his family, they are still, you know, involved in, in that distillery and actively, you know, which is cool. You know, yeah. that's a tradition. It, these are the people that literally laid the framework for American whiskey tradition. Yeah. The Jim Beams, the the Jack Daniels who who come from nearest green. I mean, th- those are the oldest names in the industry. And the fact that those families are still the people that are involved yeah. and, and still doing it on a daily basis and actively providing us with this, you know, product. I think it speaks to a work ethic. I think the reason that they are successful is because they are are passing down that that knowledge both mm-hmm. intrinsically, you know, just by birthright yeah. and by, you know, the the secret little recipe books and everything. And so there's a consistency to their product. Yeah, I mean, and that's actually brings up and uh, I think another point is is when you're the 7th generation yet you got another family business to be right you're to, not to handing make, these recipes down yeah to be to be consistent with your product but then how do you how do you branch out to go hey i want to go work with this master blender and you know well that may not be the the normal family lineage lineage no the, but that's that's a, but that's a great point you is s- the foresight or the whatever you want to call it yeah. to be able to take the old mm-hmm. but also be able to embrace the new mm-hmm. that's a big deal and you know there was heat Right. Within the family, like, yeah. What are you talking right. about? Oh, that's that'll never work, or that's just not how we do yeah. things around yeah. here, or whatever. I mean, you hear that? You've heard, or, you know, uh, the the French wine guys, the 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 next generation, anybody that carries the baton forward that has any sort of new idea that they want to bring to it, yeah, they're gonna get heat for it. Well, yeah. that's just not how we do things around right. here, you know. Well, maybe you, you should start thinking about well, it. Your great, 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 great grandpappy yeah. would roll in his grave. Yeah. Well, he well, didn't have email. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he sh- and, and if he did, and he wasn't using it, he'd be blowing it. When, and he, he actually created something from nothing way back when, and right. he did something a little bit different, which is why he got his name. But then you had the next five generations that did the same thing. And now you're like, okay, I, I've learned how to do the same thing. Now I want to kind of tweak it a little bit. And that still takes some some guts. I agree. You got to have the, the guts. And to carry on that family tradition, that's yeah. there's definitely something to be said for that. State, uh, stick-to-itiveness. Yes. What do you got before you there right now? Uh, so... Uh, I had a, a coach baseball sends us a lot of things to try. Right. And, um, and I happened to come across this thing and I thought we should try it. I was uh, recently up in Alaska. So we don't need coach baseball anymore. We do. You're we, the we, new no, coach. No, no, no. He is to... your friend. Wait. He likes you. You guys have a real kind of working I just relationship. Give him a crap. Of course I want coach baseball. And, and so this was a, so I'm just afraid Ryan's trying to steal his job. Oh no, this is a one time step in. Like I'm not trying to, you know, provide content here. Like I'm just, uh, you know, it's a one-time thing. So we were up in Alaska, and uh, Tracy's nephew happens to be in the army, and so he gave us his favorite MRE. Now, granted, he just got back from. What does MRE stand for, Joss? Military rations that are essential. That's a. Re- I gotta it's, just tell you, it's, it's not right, but it's a really, really good guess. None right. of them. It was right, actually. I didn't get one not, of the not, not, not even one, military no. right. Nope. Marines. No. 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 Ah. What is it? Meal ready to eat. It's a meal ready to eat. You and also so, knew that before we went well, on. Well, yeah, because I know things about things. But sure. So, and, and essentially, it's a. It's, it's so. This is his favorite one. So he just got. He just did uh, thirteen months in Syria, and uh, and got back. This is his favorite. Of the MREs, and so because what I've one. heard is that MREs aren't traditionally good, yummy. Yeah, you don't. You're not getting something you really want. It's it provides you with the energy you need to do your job. No one's ever finished an MRE and said, mm, mm. "That's delectable." Yeah. So this is not like a, a turkey dinner. Well, what is it? This is um, so. This is an MRE. It's from menu seven. There's twenty three menus. Yeah, I guarantee you, there's a turkey dinner MRE. Absolutely. This is um, the, called the brisket entree. 
And it is gravy with seasoned beef brisket slices. I mean, it sounds delectable. I like gravy. I, I so, like brisket. And it's a it's a full little pack. So you get this little um, pouch. Describe it to everybody. It's, okay. it's incredibly so, so I have, weird looking. I have a, a, you know, a pouch of brisket and gravy. I have a pouch of potatoes au gratin. I mean, it's like five gray... Like yeah. green. The packets. presentation could use a little help. Right, right. If you eat with your eyes first, yeah. I ain't eating this shit, yeah. kids. So, so, but it, so it comes in a in a heavy plastic bag, and it's got so your entree and your sides. You got your brisket and your potatoes au gratin. You get a a, a raspberry lemonade. You well, get a damn, cho- a chocolate chip cookie. You get um, their other things. The bread. Is and so this is the other thing. It's like, can't you just call it a slice of bread? It's a wheat. God, I can't even read it. A wheat snack. Wheat snack bread. Th one is is the name. Oh, good. Th one sounds fantastic. Of their slice, and it's literally like a pita because it's basically been vacuum sealed. So let me ask you this: and I've been you in get some... peanut butter and jelly. In, in, a, in little in squeeze little packets. Yeah. As the snack, is the uh, appeti- appetizer PB&J? Yeah, PB&J. To kind of warm um, me up a little bit. You get bit. A, an Irish coffee in a zip and thing, so you fill it with hot water. Irish coffee has Baileys in, and uh, Jameson in it. Let, so. so let's be clear. It's an Irish cream cappuccino instant powder. And you open it there. I don't think there's any alcohol in it. So I've been in some extreme situations before. And, you know, there's like the dehydrated foods you take when you go on long hikes and stuff. Is it it similar to that kind of stuff? I mean, it's a little more aggressive. Like it comes with a bag that we pour salt water into. It has a chemical reaction and steams this food for 15 minutes. You're cooking it. Yes. With salt water. With salt water and a chemical reaction in this bag. Okay, well, let's do that. And because um, it's going to take 15 minutes, so we'll get it started. Okay, so then... literally you, you just add salt to this. He, he, what he's doing, ladies and gentlemen, he's, 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 he's got a long green baggie he is tearing the top off of. Very uh, similar to a barf bag you get on a airplane. Right, right, right. Yeah. Looks a lot like a barf bag. So and you... now he's placing the, what, what are you putting this in there? This is the uh, brisket. Okay. So there's a there's this little there's a heating element in this bag. Okay. And so we're placing the bag in that on one the, side. The, now when he says he's placing the brisket in here, it's a flat, airtight, sealed. You know, it's exactly the size of a bag of microwave popcorn. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then on the other side of the heating element, I'm gonna put the potatoes au gratin. Okay. Um, I did. I have not tasted this yet, but he said this is one of his favorite. Okay. And you know he did. Months out, and, and, and is this like your favorite kind of beat? You know what I mean? Like, I is, it really... your, is it the best of the absolute worst? Right? Is it your favorite flavor of dog poo? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's not the white dog poo, right? No. Right. I think I prefer the white dog poo. Well, <laughs> you guys. It's been beaten by the sun, it's right? It's all the gotta be out. fairly at that point, like you know, kind of chalky. benign, chalky. Ryan, you kind of look like a marine right now, putting this together. Thank you. There you go. No, uh, no, you look at your body. You don't look uh, like a marine in that oh, part. Just putting oh. the food portion together. So now, so and it comes with a little accessory pack, which has um, salt and pepper. Ooh. Um, it has your drink, like a crystal light thing, Ew. except it's in the like military. The, the raspberry brand. lemonade. The raspberry lemonade. Um, there's a little raspberry lemon. I think I left it outside. Um, and you fill that with water. Um, and so you use three quarters of the salt packet in water, and which I've already dissolved. Once it's dissolved in there, you, you pour it up to the line. Who's this guy talking so far away from the microphone? Sorry, I'm trying to do things. Watch and... him spill it on his crotch. Right? Yeah. So now if you actually He has it in between his crotch, legs what? trying what to actually get this in. What is in there that is in? reacting with salt water that's heating up? Um, it does give off hydrogen gas. I think I overfilled it. No oh, shit. Is it going to explode? It says, do not overfill. Oh, my so God. So let's get a little bit of that out. I don't want to have, like, the Hindenburg thing happening here. I don't think right? so. We don't have any open the flames. Humanity. Well, the humanity. The, the, the good news is we're at ground level. Yeah. Right. So well, the Hindenburg I'm thing. just saying, hydrogen is extremely reactive, so then, and there tends to be a spark from time to time. Then I'm going to fold it over. 
Are you really reading the directions as we go? No, 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 no. I, I was I hoping you practiced this a little yeah, this bit. This seems like the kind of thing, like it's no, kind of like a I'm hand watching. grenade. Everything in the military needs to be practiced now. in in basic. It doesn't so look like he's you fold it at all. over and you put it in this little sleeve. Okay, like a hot, like a large a hot, hot, hot pocket, pocket, pocket thing. thing. Okay, and then they tell you to lean it up against a rock. How about nice, the how about the Let's use bourbon as the rock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, use the no. Don't no, use not, the. Yeah. I need the bottle of bourbon yeah. on this side. I'm of gonna the leave team. it there. There we go. It's just so it doesn't leak. But essentially, there's a chemical reaction happening, and it's gonna steam that in 15 minutes. So I'm gonna give us a little timer. I got something that we can talk about in the in the mean in the meanwhile. We is there is there heat emanating off of the thing? There is. Okay. Yeah, it's hot. It, like hot, hot. It, not hot, hot. It's warm. It's warm. But it's only been. It's just getting going. Yeah, it's just getting going. It's I mean, smoking it. There's, it's like a, you got a mini smoker in a baggie yeah. made out of sodium bicarbonate. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 one quick thing. What? It's a miniature sous vide. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, you're sous viding. Yeah. Simon with the sous vide. It, there's a lot of steps if you're in a battle in yeah. a tank. And there's a if, lot of steps even on a bagged dinner. Yeah. Well, I love the thing is, so I was. I don't know if you can do this under fire. I was given this, um, and but it is uh, U.S. government property. Uh, commercial resale is uh, unlawful, and then flying with the flameless uh, ration heaters is illegal. Well, I've had this on two commercial planes. I don't know that I would just. Throw that out there. Well, I mean, it's, yeah, we 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 lived. It's okay. Right, everything's I didn't tell fine. you which. You figure out which in. ones. No one knows who you are. No, it's true. You're a man of mystery. And Here, I will forget I had this conversation. Uh, and so, is there any sort of like little indicator that'll go green when it's ready, or we kind of just gotta like gauge just, it? It's really just making it warm like to make you feel better. Once the bullets start, <laughs> once the bullets stop. Being a real threat, you can eat it. You can eat it. I'm pretty sure you can eat it cold. That's really to make you feel better. Right. The warmth the is warm just to dinner make it more. Is means hey, you're not sleeping at in a grandma's foxhole. house. Right. Yeah, you're not sleeping in a foxhole in Afghanistan. But All it right. Comes, it comes with peanut butter and jelly on in a piece of bread. Maybe you should just go ahead and do that. The, the, you don't okay. have to wait for the peanut butter and jelly. No. While no. I'm pulling up this thing, why don't you guys get into the peanut butter and jelly? So you're just ripping open a packet. That's the bread. This is the wheat snack bread TV one. Sounds really just. I wow. can't wait to have a little Look bit of that thing. While Jeff. we're waiting, wow, it's it's hardtack. Yeah, it looks like a a piece of hardtack. It's 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 shaped like bread. Yeah, but it's hardtack in the shape of bread. Hardtack. Hardtack is a simple type of biscuit or cracker made from flour, water, and sometimes salt. Hardtack is inexpensive and long-lasting. They used it a lot on the Oregon Trail. Um, Frodo Baggins, big fan of hardtack. It was like oh. breakfast number one, and then they would get into the good stuff. Now, what if uh, you had a peanut allergy? No, don't eat peanut butter if you have a peanut allergy. That's kind of a given, I would think. It's a universal. What if it's mixed with jelly? It dilutes no, it a little. No? You, you can dilute it to it. It depends on what your threshold is. If you have a peanut allergy, you have a certain peanut threshold. Like one peanut, you're okay. Two peanuts, you're cross-eyed. Three peanuts, it's full aphoplactic shock. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. You no. dilute it with a little. What, what's your go-to jelly, Joss? Grape jelly. So we, apparently, it's the go-to because if the, the military goes yeah, grape jelly, it's go the go-to. Yeah. So the grape one jelly. I saw on uh, online, they wow, had raspberry. Does that look nice? That look is so. Wow. I'll, I will tell you, it looks kind of like hardtack with cat poop and blood on top of it. Jesus Christ! I'm gonna give it a try. Do it. It's just, it's the hard time. I mean, how bad can it be? It's a biscuit and and peanut butter and jelly. I would <laughs> not just... eat it again. <laughs> you know what? Just just crack the corner on the peanut butter and crack the corner on the jelly and just take a little peanut butter and a little. The but... bread, the, thi the bread thing? 
it's not adding, but it's also not taking away. It sounds thirstifying. Yeah. It does. I'm parched. Yeah. Just looking at you, dude. He went in yeah. again. I mean, it's good peanut butter. It's good grape jelly. All right. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. What is the what is the real kind of like bar? Where's the bar set for peanut butter and grape jelly? I've never had is peanut butter. Is it a butter, crunchy like. or is it a smooth? It's a smooth. Okay, which is my preferable, my yeah. preferred. If I was sitting on a sand dune in the middle of the desert in the Middle East, I think I'd like crunchy. Give Whoa. Me a, give me a little something to do. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let me throw this at you. If you're in the desert on 112 degree heat, is peanut do you want peanut butter and jelly? Oh, I'm. And br- thick bread? I got cotton mouth in a big way, dude. Just watching me eat that? No, no, no. <laughs> Sitting in the desert in the middle of Afghanistan. Not to mention I've been hitting the hookah with the heads of state and stuff, trying to, like, smooth things over. Dude, you, I get cottonmouth in Bakersfield. Right. Not, like, Iraq. The wind whips up over the dunes. You've been hitting the hookah a little bit. The last thing I want is peanut butter and jelly on a hardtack. I think it's the 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 food is is one to make you feel like home. Okay, that has it's right, right. There's a and and the reason it's warm is there's it's the not, nostalgia. It's factor. not cooking the food; right, it's right. warming it because well, a hot meal a hot meal feels better. You feel more secure. Right, you right. feel that. So I think there's that. And all this is fortified food. It's so just getting it in you. It's how we we need to get these calories and protein in you well, so you can continue your job. Right, and that, that's what it's all about. Pe- peanut butter is one of the best things in the world yeah. to have right, when you right. don't get to eat. You know it that thing often. is is it's like that's some fortified peanut butter too. Yeah. It's not just peanut butter. We're shooting as it's many like nutrients. Like, oh, there's methamphetamine in that. Wow. Let's keep an eye on Ryan. I'm not gonna try it. It gets weird late night with that. No, but overall, so that overall so far that's good. I mean. Let you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta figure. If this is what we're feeding our guys out in the field, really, like, I we, have we gotta, to try it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's actually pretty. What solid. have you what ever passed up try? peanut butter? Josh didn't try it. I did try it. He took a little bite, put it a was, whole thing no, like no, no, this. Just take, a, just take a little bite. It's not the worst thing you've ever eaten. No, it's not the worst thing at all. It's not bad actually. Well, <laughs> okay, you uh, can't breathe. Yeah. Are you allergic to peanuts? Finds out, yeah, Jeremy has the peanut allergy. No, back to that point. The last thing I want in the middle of the desert, I got sand in my jaw. I got sand in my my perineum. The last thing I want is a bunch of peanut butter and jelly on it. The, The worst part about that was the biscuit thing, man. Yeah. I mean, it literally just turns into paste as soon as you put it in your mouth. And now I'm eating paste flavored. Peanut butter. Peanut butter. No, I'm eating peanut butter and jelly flavored paste. But again, we have to understand, like, our our men and women need that sustenance. I don't think they need the bread part. <laughs> Guys in the in that are listening, the FBI, CIA, somebody's listening. Yeah. The, Should... the N is listening oh, for sure. No, that's not the one, I don't think. Sure, I don't so think we're going to get into the Irish coffee. No, we're not going to. And, I, and but I'm it's pretty, not Irish I'm pretty sure coffee. It's, it's Irish, Irish coffee flavored has the coffee. Yeah. Alcohol in it. I don't want my tank man I sipping on do. whiskey before he want him, I kind of want him to have an Irish coffee when he gets up and maybe drink whiskey during the day. I think anybody at war. Is that the thing? That's the thing. So, so it's now, ready. Yeah, I got about four minutes. I'm, I I, so, I have a so thing that by, I, I want to burn some time with. Okay, by the rules, it's done. But I watched a couple of YouTubes, and they're like, hey, if you really want to it. Let it overcook. It, flip it over. So you have it in one side with the heater on both sides. They're like, flip it over and turn it upside down so you're getting a complete rotation on it. Let it heat for another seven minutes, and you'll have a hot meal that's delicious. And by delicious, we're really... Stretching that. Yeah. Well, we hope it it's is. It's good. It's tasty enough that you'll eat it again. Okay, I have a thing that my f- my good friend, another former uh, guest on the show, Chris Baraby, um, sent me a list of words and their definitions. And um, 
for those of you who don't know the the lava lampers out there don't know the the total history i'm a word guy i was a creative writing major in college and i went to college as an undergrad for like 10 years so you're real good give or take so uh that being said People know I'm into words, and my buddy Chris sent me this list of obscure words and their definitions. And I want to give you a couple of them, and then I want to I want to ask you if you know uh, if you can identify some. So the space between your eyebrows is called a glabella. Hmm. So the technical term for tweener, hmm. right? Is perineum. perineum, which is the 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 little the space between the I front. I think we got it. The front. Of, people know what the perineum is. So the perineum of your eyebrows <laughs> is the glabella. The glabella. Okay, so you you might not know have known that one. Joss doesn't have a glabella. No, no. Joss and Frida Kahlo don't have a glabella. Oh, so that's a that's that's a, and that's how you use that in a sentence. Okay. So I, don't, very cool. I mean, is that how you use it as a That is. With exactly. me in it. With me with your, in it. Joss, you are the dictionary definition Webster's. of lack of globella. Okay? The way it smells after the rain, mm. which is a distinct thing, right? Yeah. That, that post-rain smell, that is called petrichor. Mm. P-E-T-R-I-C-H-O-R. Petrichor. The smell after the rain. Petra. Like Terra? Like... Terroir, like the smell of the earth around you or something? Yes. Petrichor is petro, meaning relating to rocks, and ichor, which is basically the blood of gods. So petrichor. And the smell is believed to be be caused by a liquid mixture of organic compounds which collects in the ground and is released by rain. So, interesting. All right, next one. The cry of a newborn baby. Which is something that Joss and I are both very. I think aware I know of. what that's called. You do? Yeah. Hell? No. Annoying. The worst. Annoying. Yeah. It is definitely. It's called vagitus. Wow, that's vagitus. true. Vagitus. Which, honey, can you please take the baby? He's acting very. Listen. Vagitous. Yeah, he's vagitus. Can you put him? Put him back. <laughs> is that a? So that's that. What that one means. And now, before we get into this one, because we're getting ready to eat, I want to give you a word. Okay. okay? And see if you guys know what it means. Crapulence. Crapulence. Yeah. Do you know what the word crapulence is? Yeah. What is it? Um, when you see something that is so craptacular in just its elegance and failure... That's what it is. It's not what it is. Oh. It's a good guess, though. Josh, you got to guess at crapulence. Yeah, uh, uh, I know. I've heard the word Cra- crapulence. You've heard when... the word crapulence. Yeah, I've heard the word crapulence. It 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 involves um, unable to stop going to the bathroom. <laughs> right. You would like, and that leads me to kind of like that's not what it means. Okay. Officially, crapulence is the utterly sick feeling you get after eating or drinking too much. So wow. um, on the on Webster, it's actually crapulence and its related forms, crapulent and crapulous, come from a Latin word meaning intoxication and have to do with drunkenness. So uh, originally crapulence was to be drunk. Hmm. And it's become to have really kind of taken too much of anything, not just alcohol, but food. So sickness or indisposition resulting from excess in eating or drinking. So the last, you got these from Chris Baraby? What? These words? Yes. Well, it was a forward. The last time I was drinking with Chris Baraby. You guys got crapulent. He got crapulous. Yeah. Crapulous. Right. You guys got crapulent. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Crapulent, which leads me, and I don't know this, and I haven't done the deep dive in the word, in the word, but it would lead me to believe that the that's the root of the word crap, right? Yeah. I have to take a crap, which is something that you would do after you have had too, too much, much to eat. eat, right? 
So I don't know that for a fact. But right here on the Jeremy Webisodes podcast, we're going to try to make that etymology connection and uh, and say that, that cr- the, the, to, to take a crap comes from the word crapulence, which means to overdrink and over. you got to go with that. Right? So let's try to get super crapulent tonight, you guys, on this. <laughs> Dude. Okay, and I got to tell you, as you squeezed the brisket out of the package, yeah, it looks like Look crap. crap. <laughs> so. I so, do see steam. Yeah, it's warm. It's warm. Um, so I have uh, a gratin potatoes and uh, brisket with gravy. Now, the brisket and gravy... <laughs> Are about the same consistency. So you do that with what you will. It looks like um, it looks like the chili you use on. It looks like beanless chili. I already have a gurgle. Listen, I'm just gonna tell you listen, guys. I will tell you something. If I'm serving my country and I got served that meal versus like nothing, I mean I, I'm pretty happy with that. Well, yeah, versus nothing. Well, you know what I mean. Like, so do I go for it? Yeah. You're not going to, like, a Mastro's out there. It's a Dinty Mort Stew. Okay. It's fantastic. It's fantastic? I mean, I would eat the entire bowl. Are you going to, or are you going to give some to me and Joss? I think you guys can try some, too. Give it to Joss first. So now now we have the uh, potatoes au gratin. Okay. I mean, I've never been a big fan of rehydrated potatoes. I got to be... You know? It's got to taste very, like, high school lunchroom. Yeah. Um, but uh, they have texture. I'm you know, signing you up for the Marines, dude. You know, it's not, like, it's not just mush. So it's not flaked potatoes. No, I mean, they, they actually formed there's it into... chunks. Yeah, and there's, like, slices, like a au gratin. Wow. Mm-hmm. No? no, it's good. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's good. There, there's, it, it, it's salty. Yeah, but not too much. I did listen to a couple of guys that were like, "Oh, this one's way too salty." No, it's good. You throw that on a bread with some bread with some butter. All right, let me try one little little right. nibble. It's good. You gotta, it's good. You're not allowed to just eat the whole thing. Like, it's so good they're not even sharing it with me. Um, it is pretty kind of homogenous. Yeah. But, Which is a little off-putting. Yeah. What is your thoughts on the potatoes? I really it's hit. not the worst one you've ever had. No, it, it needs salt and pepper. Yeah. But but uh, it, the consistency's fine. Yeah, it tastes exactly like like the can, like the little like microwavable dinty morse. Hormel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From back in the nineties or whatever. Mm-hmm. You'd eat that at the, war. You know, at war for sure with his bullets zinging over my head and shit. That would yeah. I'm actually proud of that they're getting meals like that. That's I think that's very good. This is considered. I expected so much worse than that. Yeah, this is considered one of the top ones. So there's 23 menus. This is menu item number seven. Okay, um, and the og rotten potatoes. I would finish that. Yeah, I mean, it's that's basically like rehydrated potato slices and nacho cheese. Nacho mm-hmm. cheese. Which is something I would, you know, is is within my ability to digest. Absolutely. You don't want to finish it? I don't want to finish it. Do you want to keep your spoon? I don't want any more to do with any of that. But if I had to, in the middle of the desert, I could be capable of of Uh, eating that. I think think the move is you you mix it together a little bit. Oh, yeah. So that you get some, like, mouthfeel. The homogenous meat. Kind of globulishness thing. I'm not that big of a fan of, but you mix in some of those potato slices. So what I you get some. I would rather have a cup of noodle. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, hit me with the cup of noodle all day, every day, and I'm pretty much gonna fight for you. Yeah, you know, let's not try to get. T- I think less is more. Mm-hmm. Don't it's- try to get too elaborate with it. You know all this. Just give me a cup of noodle. They pretty much nailed it the very first time with that one. Yeah. Right? Yep. Ryan is still eating. Sorry. I don't know. It's got a whole lot. It's got a whole lot. I feel like they tried to pack a whole lot into a whole mm-hmm. little. Um, I'm going to have the breath and the burps on that for like days, I feel like. 
All right. Well, I love you guys both. Thank you very much. Yeah. The the Legion was was really great. Really I would say great. that we're at least halfway through. By the time we get out of here, we're going to be at least three-fourths of the way through the bottle. Probably got through about ten beers. So thanks, Sean. That was a great addition to the, to the show. Thank you, Sean. Very much. It was it was really good. Very different. It was it was a fun a fun. Very taste. easy drinking. <laughs> Very easy drinking. Obviously, um, the MRE could have done without it. <laughs> like most things that we taste on this show. Yeah. I you know what I'm 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 glad Would you, I tried here, it. And here's my gate. Here's my bar. Would you rather eat that MRE or a cool liquor? You kind of liked the cool liquors. Yeah, but they uh, they didn't have staying power. You eat two or three of those, you're done. I'm going to give 30 more seconds on this. Where they're at to feed our military today to what they were at in World War II. Yeah. Think about what they ate. Like, like a can of beans was like a prized possession. I mean, the things they ate back then, like how those people lived in swamps and snow and like. I mean, the trench that. foot and the flatulence yeah. <laughs> were just, I mean, I think enough they, to. They, they spread out who they give all the different stuff to because you can't give an entire platoon brisket. I think that's unfair to the enemy. Right. You give an entire platoon beans. Yeah. In the trenches, mustard gas coming out. That's where mustard gas comes from, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is how we're going to close the show. Well, thanks for being here. It felt really good to be back in the studio with the boys. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Um, As always, you know we're having a blast here. But let us know that you're out there. By getting in touch with us through Instagram, the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast, Facebook, the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast, or our webpage, websworldwide.com. We really want to hear from you. Let us know what you think, what you're enjoying, the segments that you want us to continue to, to produce, uh, or let us know what's not working, what you don't like, what you're tired of hearing. Uh, we, we really appreciate the feedback. Next week, we're really excited to be having a guest in the studio, uh, comedian Evan Cassidy of Orange County and Los Angeles fame. And we're really, really looking forward to that. We've been trying to get him in for some time. And finally, our schedules have coalesced to allow it to happen. So please tune in then to enjoy all the hilarity with Evan. And we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Podcast.